Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. This isn't the sound of Will Cuxon. This is Jasper Chalifar, joined by Matthew Forrest. Mate, you're in you're in Geelong. You've got you've come from Mackay, and I think there's a bit of a differential in the in the temperatures of those two places, mate. How are you doing? I am so cold. My toes are freezing. <laughs> I, I I don't have my you know dexterity in my fingers to be able to click the trade boost button. So I'm a bit worried about this weekend. Um, so yeah, going to need to invest in a pair of gloves because it's it's a lot colder than I remember. Well, how's your side been doing so far? Because you are the wizard here, the Foz Daddy. Have you been chugging along all right? I've been pretty happy with the scores. Um, unfortunately, the guys who are going well for me, uh, everyone has. So everyone's doing just as well as I am. And the guys who have done not so well uh, are my pods and my picks. So um, unfortunately, I've scored, I'm averaging 2,297 points, uh, coming off 2,281 for the weekend which has me dropping 24,000 places in the rankings. So that's a slow start. Um, I'll give you that. But, you know, another 21 weeks to, to work my way up and hopefully have a top 1,000 finish, which is always the goal for me. Yeah, I, I snuck inside the top 50K this week, but it hasn't been great um, to start. So I'm about 80 points behind you right now. But I'm sure that'll be caught up pretty quick. I need to get Andy Brayshaw into my side, I reckon. That'll, that'll just about fix it all. Um, who's, who've been your kind of most your biggest surprises so far in your team? Who, who've they they've been really good or really bad? Uh, I was very surprised with Matty Rowell uh, a couple of weeks ago in round one. I knew that he was a beast, but you know, he came out and, and had a rip, ripper game. Obviously, he wasn't on the pod last week, so wasn't able to shout him out. Um, I've been really disappointed with Cam Rayner in the opposite direction. You know, obviously, everyone spoke about him being that. Uh, mid price of this year we talked about it we ranked the um the mid price forwards yep. in in order and uh, i was very bullish on cam rainer averaging about 80 um and he just hasn't looked like he's got the role or got the confidence in in the way he's playing his footy at the moment so he's going to be on the chopping block for me um but yeah another not a surprise per se but i didn't think he'd be this great um is Jaden short obviously averaging 122 and a half He's a premium. He's playing that seagull role at Richmond, obviously with Bashahuli coming out of the side. But um, he's yeah scoring a lot better than I would have thought. I thought he was you know pegged for an 100, 105 average. Um, but yeah, great start to the season. Yeah, well, Jaden Short, in my opinion, maybe apart from Daniel Rich, I think he's the best kick in the league. Uh, watching here, he's such a unique style as well. But off the right peg, he's he's a glorious kick over about sixty meters. Um, so he he was a lot of fun to watch at the G on Sunday afternoon when. The Giants got thumped by the Tigers. Um, for me, Luke Ryan, 156 on the weekend. I was absolutely stoked with. I had him in the first round as well for a 70, which was really disappointing. Um, and then the, going the opposite way, Heath Chapman's been really disappointing, I think. He's only averaging 68. Then he got about 25 points from that spoil on the line to win the game in round one against the Crows. And if not for that, I reckon he'd be averaging about 50 right now. So um, he's been really disappointing to start the season. I think Jake Bowie is the obvious option to go sideways. But we are going to get into um, some, some of the these ideas for trades because there's a lot of rookies on the bubble and, and it's time um, to be using a trade boost. One, one of, well, I think there is five of them um, this year we get uh, Foz. Is this the week to be using one of them? Uh, absolutely. You you need to use it um, this week. Obviously, you, you said it yourself, you get five throughout the year, um, not including the buys. It, it turns out that it's completely um yeah, the, you still get three and you, you'll get four if you use your trade boost in the buy rounds. But this is the week to use it if you're not going to use it any other week. Um, just to not only fix you know any injury suspensions that you may have, if you've missed a rookie or you've got on someone who isn't playing that well, 
it's mm. the perfect time to jump off before the um before the cash prices change and and obviously if you've played two rounds of footy the price changes come in round three um which is almost everyone in the league at this point so definitely use that third trade to uh to fix your team up i know that for myself i'll be using three um i'll need to fix up a couple of the rookies and new prices that i've, I've muddled up and and hopefully have a, a decent crack at the season yeah, let's run through some of these cash cows because, as you say, you know the most important uh, thing to be doing right now um, is is just generating that cash on your bench and and in your in your rookie guys on, on field as well. Um, so let's let's go through some of some of the the lowest break evens right now. Jack Hayes, the the St Kilda ruck forward, negative one thirty five. He's an absolute must have foz. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's obviously come into the side and. Um, in the absence of Paddy Ryder, and he's made that position his own, I don't think that he'll, even if Ryder returns either this week or next week, I think he's going to get one more game in the VFL, it sounds like. Um, even if he comes in, I'd imagine that Hayes is still going to play as a um, sort of a backup ruck rotating forward, um, and then Paddy Ryder will chop out in the forward line just to ease him into AFL football again. Um, so it's going to give us at least a few weeks more of uh, of Hayes football, and and he's probably going to make you know, in the region of 200, 250K by the buys if he if he hangs around that point um, until then, um, which would be fantastic for our sides. And obviously with that ruck forward swing, uh, being DPP makes him even more valuable because you can play him, you know, in a couple of different positions if you need to, if you, you know, suffer an injury or, or whatever, you're able to cover holes. But he's been very serviceable on the field at the moment. Yeah, he sure has been. Um, and I think that role looks like gonna, it's going to continue for one more week. As you say, Paddy Ryder had a good hit out in the VFL last week, but he's coming off a very injury-interrupted preseason with his Achilles. Uh, let's get on to Tristan Jerry, who uh, is averaging 100 right now, Foz. It's ridiculous to see where he's come from after requesting a trade in the offseason from North. He's now the number one guy um, in the ruck over Toddy Goldstein, which a lot of people heard over the preseason but didn't quite believe. You know, We're seeing it before our eyes. You have some reservations, but I think he's still a must-have. Yeah, I'll I'll still look at bringing him in if I can uh, if I can squeeze him in alongside a couple of other of those sort of more expensive rookie to cheaper mid-price options. Uh, my concern really is just his competition and guys who he's played so far. Not internal competition, but external. Um, in round one, came up against Hawthorne. Hawks didn't have big boy Ben McAvoy, and um, Maxi Lynch was injured relatively early in the game, so it was. Um, a combination of Goldstein, Cherry, and Callum Coleman-Jones rocking against the the one and only Ned Reeves. And while I love Ned because he's you know the CEO's son, he's not a uh, not a great <laughs> AFL ruckman just yet. Um, and then obviously in round two, coming up against West Coast, I think it was Callum Jamieson who wasn't on the list until a couple of weeks ago, and Bailey Williams who is not a AFL standard ruck uh, either. Oh, yeah. So, oh. I mean, <laughs> potato, potato. Um, I, yeah, I just don't think that the, the quality of competition has been there just yet. Um, he'll get a good test in the next couple of weeks. And as you said, he d- it looks like he's got that number one ruck role. He's he's rucking about 60% of the contest, 65%, which is exactly what you wanted to see. Goldie's still going to be in the side, but playing a bit of a deeper forward role this season. Um, I don't think you're going to see an average of 100 uh, for the season, but you know, around that 70 ballpark from here on, is still going to make you plenty of cash with a break-even of negative 77. Now, Nick Martin's only played the one game. His, his break-even is negative 73, so we'll hold off on him until next week. But there are a few who are absolute must-haves. Most 
um, sides in the comp in in the league, you know, do have uh, him. It's you know Josh Rochelle, it's Paddy McCartan, Dill Stevens, um, Jason Horn, Francis, uh, Nick Dacos. I want to get your thoughts on a few other guys here. Um, firstly, I want to talk about Jake Bowie because he's gone from you know a, a really low score um, to you know a one fifty odd in you know the blink of an eye in, in one round to the next. Do you think this is just sustainable? Is he really going to be the next Christian Salem for them? I'm not too sure if I believe what um, other other people are believing in the Supercoach community right now. It's a case of, um, I guess, that void of significance uh, for him. A lot of people are looking at him as as an option and, and the fact that he's going to fill that Christian Salem role. And it's obviously there to play that rebounding role if you can sort of take it. Um, had a really good game on the weekend following a pretty poor game the week before. Um I've spoken to a couple of Melbourne supporters who are heavily invested in the Supercoach and fantasy football um, genre, I guess, um, and they see him as a someone who's going to average between seventy and eighty thereabouts while um, Salem is out for the next eight to ten weeks, which is still, you know, a very handy score and with a low yep. break even, he's going to make plenty of cash. Um, but I think to to expect him to average that sort of push up to ninety. 95 while Salem's out of the side is a bit ridiculous. He had a great game and he uses the ball really well, but they've still got plenty of options coming out of that back half. Um, and to be honest, Melbourne are a good enough side that it's not going to go down there too often and they're pretty structured. And when it does, um, I don't think Bowie's going to be just a, an out of the cannon. Suddenly he's going to score you know, a couple of hundreds here, a couple of hundreds there. It's going to be a slow burn. He'll probably average, I'd put him in about 70 to 75. There are a couple of people who are a little bit more bullish than me. Um, but at 265, it's a it's a weird trade from a Heath Chapman. You mentioned it earlier um, yep. that he's been disappointing. I'm looking to trade him out as well. Um, I wouldn't go sideways to Bowie's just because um, it, it's, I think that you're going to end up trading Bowie out of the side anyway. It, I'd rather go down to a rookie that I missed or try and get up to someone who's, um, you know, around that 400 price tag, like a Hewitt, um, who started the season really well, um, and potentially keep him as a as a D7 to M9 player for the end of the year. That's what I would rather. Um, even though we've got plenty of trades this year, and we've obviously got the trade boost as well, the you don't want to use your trades too um, irrationally or or recklessly early on because um, COVID's obviously impacted a, a, a quite a few sides. Mm. We've seen West Coast made 14 changes in one week. Sides are going to get ravaged throughout the season and, and super coaches are going to have to be wary of, you know, a bloke missing a, a random Saturday game and, you know, potentially being out the second week as well. We talk about, you know, only missing one week, but what happens if you're playing on, you know, you get test positive on Saturday, you're playing Saturday night, and then you've got a Friday game the next week, that's yeah. two games. So you've just got to be careful. You've got to know that this is going to happen to your side and whether you like it or not, one of your premiums is going to test positive at some point. Um, and then also not only miss a game, but also miss a week of training as well and going to come back a bit slower. So it'll be interesting to see how the West Coast players sort of set that bar of, of expectations for scoring next or this week. Um, but I just don't think that Bowie is at 265K. He's not good, going to be good enough, I don't think, to to hold him for the year and he's, he's probably not going to really um, sort of hit those expectations that everyone seems to think because he's got this 
you know, glamorous role that he's he's now adopted. Another guy who's kind of dividing opinion is Will Brody, who we know Nat Fife's going to be out another three to six weeks. He's having surgery on his back. Um, he's had about 28 injuries over the last three weeks, Nat Fife. Um, and they're a bit threadbare in the midfield right now. Brayshaw, Sarong, uh, I think Darcy Tucker ran through there. But Will Brody's kind of the guy. The, the only issue with him is, is his time on ground is appalling. He had 61% time on ground. He plays under half of fourth quarters right now. It's it's pretty ridiculous what we're seeing from J-Lo and the coaching staff we are, in regard to Brody. He's still averaging you know, 88. He's, he's a negative 46 break even at 224K as, with forward status. It feels like he's a guy that that I want to be bringing into my team. But what what do you think, Foz? He scares me a bit because of his. You said it yourself. The low time on Grant. Mm. The points per minute is fantastic. You know, he's over a point a minute when he's actually playing, and he's getting you know game time. We saw this a couple of years ago with Andy Brayshaw. Um, you know, all signs pointed to him being a really relevant super coach option, mm. um, except for the time on Grant, and it was almost like. Um, Longmuir just didn't want to give it to him. You know, was either a bit worried about his tank or, you know, potential injury issues, things like that. So I wonder if it is, it must just be a trait of um, Justin Longmuir playing a genuine um, bench player rotating onto the ground rather than being, you know, have everyone play 80 to 90% playing, you know, most guys 90 to 95% and then having one or two guys who just miss out on, on genuine runs on the ground. So, Seems like that's where Brody sits in the in the pecking order at the moment. We'll see if that changes because of you know Fife's missing an extended period and and Brody's played pretty good football. Um, it does scare me a little bit that he might get named the sub one week because he's got this seems to have this role of coming off the bench and and being more of an impact player. Um, yeah. So the, you know the potential of completely stifling not only his scoring but also his cash generation is. Is really scary for someone who doesn't have him and you know might look to bring him in. Whereas you know Cherry, while he's going to be, you know, a chop out ruck, or sorry, he's he's going to get chopped out of the ruck and and you know still have sixty percent of the hitouts most of the time. He's never going to be the sub, so that's at least something that's um, a little bit more attractive to to bring in that North Melbourne tall. Now there are a few guys in the midfield. I want to take a quick look at. Um, three in particular, slightly different price points for the first one and the other two. Alex Davies, I think, has been a really impressive um, player for the Suns at 202K right now. Jai Newcomb averaging 93 right now for the Hawks. Um, looks like a really pretty assured midfield role. He just can't kick the footy is his only problem. And finally, Jai Caldwell with Zach Merritt going out. It looks like he's probably going to get more midfield time than we've seen in the first two rounds of the season where he's averaged 90. Um, both Caldwell and Newcomb are priced at about 260K. Uh, between those three, who do you like the most and, and where would you be leaning? It's really interesting because if you asked me before Zach Merritt did his, uh, did his ankle and you know was named to be out six to eight weeks, I'd probably be leaning towards Alex Davies. Um, I was really impressed by him in the first couple of rounds. He played some yeah. really good footy and you know, break even of negative 38 is really attractive at, at that 202K price point. Um, John Newcomb is, as you said, you know, a really good option. Um, if you, I wouldn't say a really good option, but he's a really good player. Um, you know, has made that midfield role his own. Has been floating forward and, um, you know, providing that pressure up in the four fifty. Um, tackles like a machine, but yeah, doesn't use the ball that well. Um, but Jai Caldwell, two hundred sixty six k, averaging ninety and a half at the moment, and he's 
got a negative break even at 25 there as well. So all the signs point to him making cash. Um, and obviously this role, the void of significance has opened up for him and he's he's going to be a decent player in Supercoach. He's, I think he's only going to improve on that average. I think I'd probably put him at around 100 if he can, you know, if he does in fact get this role. Whether they bring in a Ben Hobbs or someone else um, sort of remains to be seen, but there's definitely that opening for him to take on. It's a really good thing about him as well is he's played enough midfield, sorry, enough forward minutes in the first couple of games that he could potentially get um, forward eligibility if he sort of holds on to you know even twenty percent time on in the forward half or in the forward fifty um, could definitely get um, forward eligibility, which makes him probably a little bit more attractive than the other two. Now we've got a few keepers, um, primos who have just you know, really stunk it up to start the season. Max Gorn included in this one, but we've also got guys like Jack Steele, Tom Mitchell, um, yeah, really, really, really expensive guys. They're obviously keepers. You started them for a reason, but considering a guy like Tom Mitchell's break even is now two hundred and eleven, do you consider at all jumping off these guys and and making a, a quick buck before you? jump back onto them considering we have more trades or is that just textbook do not do this in Supercoach? The only reason I would trade this, or there's two reasons I would trade a premium. Um, and I've grappled with this myself as a Jack Steele owner, um, especially in the hours before round one, I was tossing and turning <laughs> between him and Took Miller and I picked the wrong one. Um, but if you're owning Tom Mitchell, uh, firstly, I don't know why you do that because everyone jumped off him when it came out that he was injured in the preseason. Um, big no-no. You don't want an injured premium in the preseason in your side for round one. Hey, John um, Dawson's looking all right. John Dawson wasn't looking all right in you know the opening you know half of half. his season. <laughs> um, and then came good. Um, but still, I, I don't... Not only is their, their fitness going to be a bit off, um, you know, they're not going to get into the flow as easily and potential, you know, re-injuring um, sort of... Not existing injuries, but but niggles and things that weren't previously that are that are now there. There is always that concern, um, but I would mainly be jumping off um, if the role has changed as well, um, or if they're you know preseason injuries injuries or injured players. But you, you talk about Gorn, you talk about Steele. Steele's still averaging you know twenty five touches, few tackles a game. Um, he's just not kicking the ball as much, which is really frustrating. Mm. Um, so whether it's he's lost confidence in his kicking ability, I don't think so. I think it's just, um, you know, it's too small of a sample size to really yep. say anything has truly changed. And it doesn't help that the Saints haven't been that great to start the season either. Losing to Collingwood was a massive surprise. I thought that he was going to come out and dominate that game and just hasn't been great. Um, I'd be more concerned about Gorn. We did know going into the season that Luke Jackson was going to, you know, take on a bit more responsibility in the ruck, but we'd assume that Gorn would you know, score his points elsewhere. But he's previously been a slow starter in seasons. He's always had a, you know, a really quiet round one and usually bounced back in round two, round three, round four. Um, obviously hasn't been great and he's going to lose cash. But I spoke about this before in terms of trading out these mid prices and, and players that, you, you know, sideways trading. It's the same for the premiums. You don't want to be using valuable trades. And I think even though we've got more trades this year than we've, ever had except for that COVID year of 2020. Um, they're, they're more valuable than ever because players are just going to miss random weeks and you know potentially miss two weeks, 
you know, I think that you want to be able to hold on to these trades as long as you can and put such a high value on them because there's going to come a point where you desperately need one, whether it's to win a head-to-head or, you know, if, you know, Clayton Oliver goes down with COVID and it looks like he'll miss maybe one, maybe two weeks um, and, you, you know, you're desperate to jump in ranking, you don't want to have to put him on the bench and field a Conor McDonald, which is a 70-point difference. Um, so there's there's layers to it. Um, I think if the role has changed, I'd be concerned. So that, that's why Gorn worries me a little bit. But in saying that, he's still going to average 110 for the season. He's still going to be a really dominant ruck when he's in there. Um, I, I don't think it's... Uh, you knew there was risks with him coming into the year when if you picked him. Um, some people will jump off him with the idea to jump back on him when he's 150k cheaper. That doesn't always work. That's every year I feel like I do that and it just never pans out the way you expect it to. So just trade with caution when you're trading these premiums because there's a decent chance you just won't get them back. Yeah, I tend to agree there. It's just it's a bit scary when they when you see them leave your side because you don't know when you'll get them back and you don't know what scores you're going to be missing out on um, while you don't have them in your side because you know for a reason, you know, they're that price for a reason. They're, they're a very, very good super coach um player uh, so if you're gonna if you're gonna bring them in at the start of the season then i think you've got to hold through these tough times unless you know there are obvious injury concerns or role concerns like we're possibly seeing tom mitchell right now let's get on to the trades you're going to make we, we talked a lot about the guys with the low break evens the high break evens and and some of the more appealing ones for you foz you're probably going to be using a bench boost i assume so what are the three trades that you're looking at right now i'm gonna go um Cam Rayner, I've discussed him a little bit earlier on. He just mm. doesn't look like he's got the role that Chris Fagan said that he would have. Um, it might be a fitness thing. It might just be, you know, him getting easing back into footy. Um, you know, he could end up averaging 80 from here on out, but um, I'd rather jump down a little bit in cash to one of those either Cherry or Brody um, bank, you know, 50, 60K use that up to upgrade somewhere else. It's not much money, but it's, you know, it's honest work. Um, but <laughs> go to go to someone who's going to um, go to someone who's going to make a bit of cash, has a bit more security about the the role and also is scoring, you know, more freely. So Cherry is probably the one for me. We've sort of touched on Brody. He's a, an attractive option, but I probably can't fit him in. Um, Heath Chapman, I'm also looking to get rid of. Unfortunately, I can't afford to go him to Hewitt by dialing back on um, Cam Rayner. So that would be really nice to just use two trades because I've nailed all my rookies. Um, I've got, you know, Sam DeConning at the moment, which is really annoying that he missed last week, but he's coming back this week. You heard it here first. Um, Josh Gibkiss and Paddy McCartan in the back line. So I've got all those guys right. Obviously got the standards in the midfield of Horn Francis Dacos. Ward's a bit annoying, but I feel like he's going to yep. come out with a seventy or an eighty at some point in recent. He'll, he'll be right. He'll be right. He'll be fine. He's a you know he's playing a midfield role. He's just he's a ball winner. Yeah, exactly. He's game one actually. He had thirteen touches at about eighty percent use. I I've got no issues with that. I don't understand how he didn't score as well as yeah. I thought it would be more around fifty to sixty points, but yeah, thirty six is going to roll out of his break even next week because that even so. Um, that'll be gone next week. And if he pumps out a 70 this week against Carlton, you know, he's going to be a much more attractive option and you're going to be kicking yourself. But in saying that, Carlton's midfield is quite good. I wouldn't be surprised if he 
missed this week and they brought back Liam Shields. But who knows? It's, I guess we'll wait on wait and see on uh, on Friday. Um, Dylan Stevens is a must-have, I think, in the midfield as well. Connor McDonald, must-have. Um, he's not scoring well, but he'll be a slow burn. Yep. And then Kane Baldwin sounds like he's going to come back. Jack Hayes and Nick Martin. So I've nailed my rookies. Um, so I'd love to be able to use just two trades, but I feel like if Josh Ward gets dropped, that's going to give me the perfect excuse to bring him down to a about 123k rookie, and that will give me enough cash to get up to Hewitt from Chapman. Um, but at this stage, I'm in a bit of no man's land with uh with Chappy. I don't really know what to do with him. As I've said, I don't want to go to to Bowie sideways. Um, I could go down. Um, to a rookie, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd much rather go up in, and grab Hewitt, who can potentially sit at D seven for the entire year, which would be you know very attractive. Now, my biggest issue was uh, last Friday night, so two weeks ago, bringing in Machito Owens, knowing that um, the Saints needed someone in the midfield, and and I thought he'd had a really good preseason. I liked watching him in the under eighteens. He's a he's inside outside mix. He's brave. He puts his head over the footy. He wins contested ball. That kind of stuff I thought was really attractive for a super coach game. Uh, didn't translate. He got fifty percent time on ground and scored one point. Now. <laughs> That's going to be rectified this week. I'm going to be bringing in Stevens for him with a little bit of cash in the bank because for some reason I didn't start with Dill Stevens. Uh, just not really interested in a winger like him, but you know the the scores speak for themselves. So fair play, Dill. Um, I've righted that wrong. Jared Berry has been another issue for me. You brought in Rayner. I brought in Berry at the start of the season. And if he's going to be tagging like he did with Zez, then I'm not interested, mate. Sorry. So you can go down to a guy. I think I'm going to bring in Jerry with a bit of DPP there. Um, And then Chapman's going to go up to Hewitt for me. So I think um, missing out on Hewitt was probably another mistake I made. And even though there is more mouths to feed in the Blues midfield than ever before, even with Chris Judd in there, um, you know, you got Walsh, you got Cripps. Kennedy looks amazing. Um, and bloody chair is coming back from health and safety protocols. So he's probably the fifth in line, but he's still going to get, you know, pure center bounce attendances and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty confident in his ability as a contested midfielder to score really well at, you know, 400 K in defense. So he's going to be my little upgrade um, for my three trades this week. Let's get on to the Supercoach Sanctum pod squad. Um, didn't do too well last week, unfortunately. We had a lot of uh, a lot of kind of just annoying injuries going on. Uh, we got another nice VC score with Cal Mills' 147 Foz. We have Brayshaw as well, which is nice, but we missed out on Chera with health and safety, missed out on Weller as well, which is annoying. And for some reason, we still have Pitnet in our squad. Friend of the show, but, you know. We could do be, be doing a little bit better at R2. Um, we got three trades to use this week. Where are we looking, Foz? And we can first you know, start off and get Rowan Marshall out of the side because he's really lagging down our right <laughs> lineup. Um, yes, true. <laughs> no, it, it's an interesting one because we do look at it and you know, if Weller comes back this week, then we don't need to move him. Um, he, was he laid out? What happened there? Like, Why did we not trade him or... Yeah, yeah we, we decided to loop uh, Mills's score and we also had um, Justin McInerney to get rid of due to uh, injury and he put up an absolute stinker in round one. So we're pretty happy to see him going as well. Mm. Well, obviously we've, um, we're have we trying to correct some of those rookies. So you talked about Owens being in your side. He's also in our pod squad side. So we're going to yeet yeah, him into bad. the sun, get him <laughs> out of there. Um, Taron Thomas obviously is out for eight weeks um, with ribs, so not a not a fun injury. I've suffered it myself, and it's it's extremely painful. Um, you know, T's and P's out to you, Taron Thomas. Um, <laughs> but we'll get in. Um, we'll get in Tristan Cherry to make some cash for us in the forward line. We've spoken a little bit about him. Still low and, ownership for Cherry. Yeah, 
still, still, I mean, it's it's more that sort of cash generation that we've spoken about that yep. we're we're more than happy to field these more mainstream less potty, dudes, yeah, <laughs> more mainstream, less potty sort of options if they're buy and pay options. I, I think probably yep. the uh, I think probably the the two hundred and fifty k mark is where we we cross the line for uh from mainstream to pod. Um, so I think at two hundred eight k, Cherry is is a good option there. Um, and Dylan Stevens will come in as well because we started with Bodie Yuland um, from the Gold Coast Suns at 102k. Which yeah, that was um, a good name. That was a that was a fun one. He, he's um, I really like him as a long term prospect. I think he's going to be great. I watched he's him in the VFL last year. He was great. A lot of lot of Luke Hodge off the halfback line. I feel um, just not putting pressure on the kid. But um, who's the pod you know, we're bringing in? Of his. Um, Who is it? He's my favorite player at the moment. In the whole Chad league. Warner. <laughs> God, Chad I love Warner, watching this guy play footy. 74K. He, oh, kicks the, he kicks the he kicks the effing ball. <laughs> and then not only that, did he he walked around the ground for a little bit. You know, <laughs> him and Ollie Florent just had a bit yeah. of a tour of Sydney before he came back onto the ground. So that was great. Um, but yeah, he's a he seems like a really fun character in, in a um, in a Sydney midfield that we've spoken about being quite a young up, you know, upcoming midfield. Um, with Callum Mills leading by his side, now a lot of Swans players. Obviously, we talked about um, we like our Swans having Nick Blakey, Nick Blakey last week, and Paddy McCartan in the back line. But we've also got Callum Mills, Chad Warner in the midfield, with Dylan Stevens on the bench. Um, so that's five Swans that we've got at the moment. So um, whether it's too many, hopefully COVID doesn't rip through their camp. Um, otherwise, <laughs> we might be in a bit of strife with a couple of donuts. Um, but yeah, no, say um, I think. The structure of our side is really good. I'm really happy with our midfield at the moment with Mills, Petrarca, Brayshaw, you know, absolutely dominating recently. Um, Adam Chera is coming back and, you know, scored 120 round one. Chad Warner's coming off 123 and he looked really good, has that midfield role. And then Paddy Lipinski, while he didn't set the world on fire in 86 for someone who's worth 360K, is, is quite a good score. Um, and then Horn Francis with 98. And I mean, Dacos didn't play that well, but. He's going to be a, a long-term keeper for us, I reckon. By round six, he'll have defensive eligibility, and we can shift him back there to, you know, to sit the rest of the year out and just just fatten up for a little bit. Yep, absolutely. And just a final warning to Bailey Fridge: pull your head in, mate. Thirty points. You're meant to be winning the Coleman this year. You play for the best team in the league. Kick some bloody goals, mate. Yeah, he's he's definitely in the firing line this week, and you know if, I don't. I think we should set him at a, you know a benchmark of eighty points. If he doesn't get eighty, he's well, he's also yeeted into the sun. Yeah, well, fortunately, he's playing my bombers, so he's going to put up. I mean, he's going to kick eight goals. So yeah, that's maybe one to look forward to. Week. Yeah, maybe we should VC him, or we have Petrarca though. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's a bit rude because Track's just too good to us. Um, you know what? I wouldn't mind moving him on to Benny Brown. Similar price. We chose the wrong D. We chose the wrong demon goal kicker. Like he, he's the one who's going to win the Coleman. Unless yeah. it's you know, Mitch Lewis, of course, who's currently leading the Coleman and is looking like an absolute stud in the forward line. Yeah, if someone could kick the ball to Peter Wright, he'd win it. No, All right, no. let's get on to our favorite segment of the podcast. And we haven't actually done this for a while. Let's get into our captain options. Firstly, on Thursday night, the dogs are playing. So you already know Jack McRae, he has to be your VC if you have him, doesn't he, Foz? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could talk about Bont and Pelly um, as well. McRae's obviously started like a house on fire. Bont's not been that great. Um, shout out to Emperor X on Twitter, if you don't know him, by the way. Oh, he's absolute, good, yeah. 
Absolute goat. All right, I got my captaincy stats up. All right, All right we three, can go. two, one. Yeah, definitely. You know, Jack McRae's averaging 137 and a half this year. He hasn't got a great history against the Swans. His last three were 116, 92, and 132. Um, but obviously, he's been an absolute superstar to start the year. Um, he's always been a great footballer and just an absolute pig around the ball. So definitely one. Um, also, Bontempelli hasn't had the greatest start to the season, only averaging 105. But his last three have been 114, 166, and 158 against the Swans. So he's another one on uh, on Thursday night. If you have him, um, if you've got both of them, I'd probably back McRae just purely based on the start to the season that he's had. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely that option there. Um, I'd probably then look to someone like a Lockie Neal coming off that 198. Um, obviously in really good form to start the season, averaging yeah. 169. <laughs> uh, but he's coming up against North and his last two scores were 156 and 134. And before that, it was a 98 to give it a three-round average of 129.3. So definitely plenty to work with. Um, if you do have Tom Mitchell, and we talked about sort of trading him early on, you might want to look at holding him for one more week to give him a go because his three-round average against Carlton is 166. Oh, my goodness. With 142, 164, and 192. Obviously, Carlton's a much better midfield yeah. uh, this year than what it has been in the last couple of seasons. But for one week and potentially, you know, if he scores 80 again, he's going to lose... 40 grand, 30 grand. I'd say the risk is there. I'd take it if I had him. Um, but I guess that's up to you. Now we saw uh, Charlie Kono kick five against the Doggies. As a VC option, how smoky would Isaac Heaney being averaging 140? He's getting like five to 10 CBAs a game, which is just increasing his score from what we kind of expect from him usually. And he's just in such good goal kicking form as well, Foz. Yeah, and I really hate it because I've started with Isaac Kenny every season for like the past four or five years, I reckon. And this is the one year that I haven't started him. So I'm a bit disappointed. His last three against uh, the Dogs, though, have been 95, 64, and 85. So not a great three-round average against the team. Uh, but as he said, he's playing higher up the ground. He's getting more CBAs, and he, but he's still kicking the goals. Like he's had a five-goal a five yeah. haul already this year. So... Um, the fact that he can put goals on the board while also collecting, you know, 20 touches. He only needs 20 touches to really score well because of this goal kicking impact and the ability to turn games. So um, if you've got him, that would be a really, real smoky sort of selection. Um, but he's in decent form at the moment. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't you take the risk if you, if you wanted to, I, I'd say, you know, you just, you just need a big sack, big sack of balls to, uh, to do it. <laughs> Just two of them. Thank you very much, Foz. Uh, just to finish off, I reckon Paddy Cripps on a Sunday against Hawks may grab him by the scruff of the neck. We saw Port Adelaide. They didn't necessarily need a win on the scoreboard for Travis Spoke to have a day out. So I think Paddy Cripps could do very similar stuff um, with that Sam Mitchell game plan in the middle, which seems to be just allowing them to walk out of the middle and then rebounding and scoring on the counter. Um, and then also Took Miller, averaging 138. That's about what he will average this season, I reckon. He's an absolute gun and he's just benefiting from having Matty Rowell in there actually winning the ball as well as him. So um, that's a positive for the Suns, positive for Took Miller and a positive for me as well because I have him in my team. Uh, that'll just about do us, Foz. 
That's, I think that's all the time we have for today on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. You can find our captain's article, our trade article up on the Inner Sanctum site as well. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, SC Sanctum. Uh, Foz, mate, I hope uh, you keep producing these decent scores and, and start climbing your way up into the top 20K as I do as well. Um, and we'll, we'll see you on the other side. Beautiful, mate. Thanks for having me.